Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. And the winner of the 2021 Women's Prize is going to be announced on the 8th of September. So we just wanted to recap some of those in the running and make some predictions. Mm. We're also going to mention a few from the long list. So hold on to your hats for a lot of recos. Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of books in this episode, aren't we? Hi guys, welcome back to another episode. Just a caveat, we are in a bookshop again this week. Yeah, we're, we're at Book Bar, and the one and only. drinking wine. So yeah. we're essentially the equivalent of two children being let loose in a sweetie shop. Yeah, we're drinking some, some delicious rosé. So prepare for maybe... <laughs> a bit of loose tongues no we'll be fine we'll be fine but we have got loads of books to get through so we're going to keep it fairly top line on each book just so that you know if you thought "Hmm, that's on the women's prize but i don't know what i think about it do i want to take the time to read it then hopefully this will help you um and then you can make some predictions too Mm. so the women's prize have really had us on the hook for a long time i feel like it's been ages since they released the shortlist let alone the long list honestly and like i mean slightly more of a wait now so they, it was going to be announced in july and it's been pushed back to september oh, yeah. because they're going to have an in-person event so that's really exciting but do you know what it feels like years since we read vanishing half by <gasps> brit bennett which is a very firm contender on the shortlist mm. and we read it pretty much as soon as it came out in june 2020 didn't we yeah and we read it in the very early days of book records as well when yeah this was our first in-person meetup post lockdown and first as yes it was we went to the park in wandsworth and i think it might have been our first buddy read i could be wrong as in post book records buddy read yes yes exactly so it's a firm fave yeah. And it's about Desiree and Stella, who are two twins who grew up in a very small black community where every resident has such light skin that they resent those with darker skins. So the two twins run away at age 18 and one of them falls in love with a black man and he then re- she then returns to the town with her darker skinned daughter while the other the other twin pretends to be white and therefore can never reveal the truth to her white-skinned husband and daughter nor return to her past does that kind of make sense yeah like from the premise alone i am not surprised it's in the running yeah like it's It's just just so fantastic and Mm. the past that she took from it so you know there's so many routes you could go and she sort of showed both routes with each sister yeah it's fascinating isn't it and it's written really gorgeously. Although I actually look back at our review from a zillion years ago, <laughs> and we did we did say that it took us quite a while to get into. Do you remember? It's like it's a slow start, like mm. like a lot of amazing books are. So definitely worth staying with it. And then the end is fairly abrupt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, still worth the read. We really love the writing, the characters, explores loads of topics. Mm. And we were having this conversation with Chrissy, weren't we, about how a book, sometimes you kind of forget what the plot is like, but you remember the emotion that you associate with the yeah. book. And for me, the emotion that I associate with this book is automatic love, loved it, 
and it was a automatic reco oh yeah 100 percent like the premise alone is great and then it also explores some other topics like do you remember i've forgotten the character's name i want to say reese remember the character of reese and all of their background absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) well i did that's really one of the things that stayed with me and it's um i don't want to spoil anything but i think their character was really um fantastic so that's the first book what about book number two okay the one i want to talk about next is another that i'm really unsurprised about being in the running and that's transcendent kingdom by yard jesse which I read it in January and was like, okay, nothing stopping this in 2021. <laughs> like, it was so good. It's about, um, the main character is called Gifty and she was raised to believe in God by her mother who left Ghana to build a better life for the family over in the States. But then her brother dies of an overdose and her mother just spirals into a really deep depression. And so Gifty throws herself into science to mm. grieve. Wow, that sounds really incredible yeah um i know at the time you said this was going to be your top 10 books of the year but i feel like that list has gotten a little bit out of hand for you it's it's really quite quite hard to manage at this point (laughs) but this is still in it this is is still very firm contender yeah it was so good it's like so heavy but i never felt that heavy reading because i was just enjoying it so much i remember my boyfriend being like oh how's your book and I was like oh my god like you don't even understand what I'm reading it's so good like couldn't put it down and even even despite the hard topic and I I think I watched a Louis Theroux I'm talking about Louis Theroux again I watched a Louis Theroux documentary where he explored heroin addicts and I just found it so interesting and so then to read a book where there's a character who is who who's suffering from addiction and mm. it was just explored in such an interesting way and it mm, i think it passes around between past and present does it <laughs> so no wonder i enjoyed it so much but it's just really heartbreaking and like it's got lo- loads of trigger warnings so addiction racism attempted suicide so like do please be aware of those but i just found myself really mesmerized throughout the whole thing and it's it's so different from her first book, Homegoing, which people rave about. And I think a lot of people maybe prefer that one just because they weren't ready for how different this writing style was going to be. So Homegoing, I'll just run through it quickly, is about two sisters. One is sold into slavery and the other is a slave trader's wife. And then it follows all the generations after them. So it's completely wow. different. Like this book is fairly modern and this one spans across decade like hundreds of years so um I, but i actually preferred transcendent kingdom which i think is a rare opinion mm. but really high reco very unsurprised it is on the list lauren you have read some that i have not read will you please give us one of yours indeed so one that i've read fairly recently actually was how the one-armed sister sweeps her house by i think it's sherry jones which is a really powerful story amongst the beautiful backdrop of Barbados, but despite its white sand beaches and very turquoise and skies and wealthy tourists and what have you, for many of the locals, it explores the poverty of the island and violence and struggle for the locals and told from the perspectives of three women. So the book explores... I'd say the sacrifices made by many women to simply stay alive in their environments and the 
the poverty that they live in and the messages that they're told from very early childhood as young girls to make them more obedient and not make the same mistakes as the women or mothers of the generation before them. That sounds amazing. Mm. (laughs) So I really wanted to love this book because like you said it sounds amazing but and the prose I have to say is beautifully written it almost felt like poetry or spoken word in many parts but and the message actually is powerful and I love a book which challenges my perception perspective sorry and opens my eyes to realities that I've not considered before but there was just something that I found like I couldn't connect with the book as much as I wanted to for example I found the narrative jumping backwards and forwards quite confusing we in parts we love it Jess what are you but saying? it was done in a way that was actually just really confusing um, because quite a significant event happens and it's sort of it sort of jumps back and forth between say three months before that event happens and six months after that event happens and then one year before it happened and then back to the present day so it's really I found it really challenging Mm. to keep up with that and I'd also say it's very (laughs) intense and dark Um, and at points I found it overwhelmingly so I'd say with very little moments in the story which relieved that intensity and Uh, I think quite a few people also said in their reviews that they felt the same way Um, and I know not every book should make you feel warm and fuzzy but as someone who reads for escapism I found it a little bit suffocating in points but that's not to say everyone will True, and maybe that's the point well exactly maybe that is the point that they're trying to make that you know the idea that you've been sold of Barbados and these luxury holidays Mm. aren't what they are sold to you as and have a much deeper um, situation happening under the surface of what you as a tourist are opening your eyes to yeah okay I mean are you glad you read it I'm very glad I read it yes Um, but it's a harder one to record I'd say need to be in the right headspace Mm. okay so next up, just let me hand it over to you. <laughs> this next book, when I started reading it, I texted Lauren going, this book is wackadoo. <laughs> so, <laughs> I remember receiving that text, clearly. It's No One Is Talking About This by Patricia um, Lockwood. And it's about a woman whose tweet has gone viral. And so she's trying to navigate her way through the portal, which is the online world. Um, and she's like speaking to adoring fans or like speaking at events and whatever and then there's a family emergency that forces her to leave all of that behind and think about what is actually important and Mm. I did not clock the two the fact that this book is actually written as part one and part two and I and it was only when I finished the book that I was like oh they were different parts because the first it's all told in like essentially tweets like little short breaks that I suppose are supposed to resemble Twitter so I usually love that kind of thing like quick to get through Mm. snappy witty little bits but then the second half is still told in the same style but is very much about this family um, situation and it was only when I finished it that I was like I get it oh really she's showing that there is so much more to life than the internet but at the time I was like 
the fuck is going on? Like what? And so you have to you have to read it to appreciate it. I think it is so so clever. And I always, whenever I read a book, I always read the acknowledgements because I never do. I always do. So many times I've read them and they've just added so much more to the story that yeah. you've just read or they'll be like actually this was a true event or actually blah 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 and again this was another one she had a situation in her family which was similar to what happens in the book mm-hmm. and like that's what inspired it so again I was like god I'm so glad I, I read this book I'm so glad I read the acknowledgements but it is not one for everyone <laughs> but and I wouldn't have read it if it wasn't on the women's prize but I, yeah. I, it was it was so it was cool like when I read it I was like oh my god this is so clever the way it's written and yet you have to finish it to appreciate it for what it is because mm. it's amazing interesting yeah okay that's kind of similar to my next record actually in that I would never have read it off my off my own bat um, I read it because it was on the women's shortlist which is what the that you know it's that's so incredible for you sort of find authors that you would never have encountered Mm -hmm. otherwise and female authors too so this book is called unsettled ground by claire fuller and it's about these this uh two brothers and sisters Jeannie and julius who are 51 year old twins who live with their mother is it our stepbrothers no it's not at all I really love stuff. You do so really much love room for activities. <laughs> Not like that. Okay, as you were. <laughs> so they live with their uh, with their mother in desperate poverty. Like they live in a cottage which doesn't have heating or plumbing. The electricity regularly goes out because they can't afford to pay the re- electricity. So they, you know, you have to navigate things like, oh, what food can we buy that doesn't need to be kept in a fridge? Mm-hmm. And those sort of questions, and they have an allotment. So they grow a lot of their own um, vegetables and sort of survive that way. And they live in a very like, um, busy town so they're sort it's not like they're surrounded by poverty they're surrounded by wealth really but they're just very comfortable in their own circumstances and have never really felt the urge to want for more in life um and at the very beginning of the book their mother dies so that's not a spoiler it happens you know more or less on the first page and they have to learn to fend for themselves for the first time in their whole lives um and I, I want to avoid anyone thinking that the twins are very simplistic or, um, you know, they, they are very much adults and in, just very comfortable in their circumstances and never really felt the need to go beyond what's comfortable for them so as their mo- when their mother dies and they have to fend for themselves they have to s- they you know threats from the outside world start multiplying on their and threats to their livelihoods for example and family secrets start unfolding so it sounds really cool it's yeah i mean that premise i think is is territory <laughs> that's not really been explored in depth before like poverty that people are actually happy with I feel like I'm rambling and I just found it really hard to put the book down you're rambling because you loved it I know it's just like one of those plots where not a huge amount happens but so much happens 
I'm going to talk about a book on the short list that's kind of, on the long list, sorry, that's kind of like, okay. and, and that's actually one of my favourite books. Really? But like, yeah. Or maybe it's like a short time period or just like really kind of basic storyline yeah. or life, but actually like it's so enthralling. Yeah, because like I'm thinking back to the book and like nothing huge happens and but I found it so hard to put it down and it's very character driven the narrative which I love in a book um Jeannie particularly was a character that I felt so much empathy for and admiration actually because she's just so resilient so likable strong female figure and despite the book having a very dark and emotionally uh, an emotional storyline there are enough moments I think that were quite light-hearted like Jeannie and Julius's relationship between each other was was just beautiful I thought um so yeah I would definitely reco that one okay and I have saved the last book on the shortlist to talk about last because I don't know how to talk about it so oh, this right, is the cool. first time I'm talking about it, which could be interesting. And it's Piranesi by Susanna Clark. Mm. And I have listened to I didn't even know how to pronounce the name of the book, like that's how much I don't know how to talk about this book. And it could be like I've seen people call it Piranesi or Piranesi, but it's Piranesi because that's how the author has spoken about it. Thank you for doing that research um, for us. Also, we are in a bookshop, just to remind you if you can hear any background noise, that is why. And this is just another wild ride. I feel like I read all the crazy ones off you the, did. <laughs> the shortlist. Um, but I pretty much read it in one sitting, which I think says a lot. I don't think it does, because I feel like you read a lot of books in one sitting. <laughs> you do. You're such a fast reader. And I'm like, bloody hell, even if I fucking love a book. But I can count I'm on my struggling. hand the ones I've read in one sitting. Oh, like, can you? Yeah, because, or maybe two hands, but like, <laughs> they, they, they stay with me, if okay. that makes sense. Okay. okay, you remember them for the fact right. that you sat. Yeah, okay. And the reason that it's kind of hard to talk about is because you can't actually, like part of the fun of the book is that you have to work out what's going on. So I'm going to read the synopsis that's sold with the book because it has to be. If I told you my synopsis, it would give away the fun of reading this book. So Piranesi lives in the house and keeps a record of its wonders each day in his notebooks. The house is a labyrinth of halls with thousands upon thousands of statues, an ocean with a tide which thunders up the staircase, the clouds which move in slow procession through the upper halls. On Tuesdays and Fridays, Piranesi sees his friend, the other, and sometimes visits the dead whose bodies are in the house, but mostly he is alone. Messages begin to appear, scratched out in chalk on the pavements, and there is someone new in the house. But who are they and what do they want? Are they a friend or do they bring destruction and madness, as the other claims? Lost texts must be found, secrets must be uncovered. The world that Piranesi thought he knew is becoming strange and dangerous. The beauty of the house is immeasurable, its kindness infinite. Oh, I kind of get why you had to read that blurb now. Yeah, and like, that's that's all well and good, but actually, you're trying to figure out. Like, I I didn't Google during because I didn't want to ruin the surprise. But I had so many wild thoughts. At one point, I was conv- I can't even say what that is because I don't want to ruin it for anyone. It's so hard to talk about. It's also categorized under certain genres that, okay. f- that fit what they tell you the description is because they can't tell you what the actual one is and I'm not even going to say what that genre is now in case it throws anyone off Mm. or makes them start thinking otherwise but it's fucking mad in the best way like you're just trying to figure out 
what is life <laughs> what is real what's going on but it's so fun like I really wasn't expecting to enjoy it the way I did because I remember it was in Katie four books we're talking in Katie four yeah. Elizabeth um, recommended it to you and she I remember her words were it's wild it's a bit crazy and it but is but you brilliant. have you have to read it to find out why because like if I like the part of the fun is you're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on okay love it um yeah like absolutely nothing I've read and this is the first time I've been able to speak about it out loud because I haven't been able to wrap my head around it so take that take from that what you yeah, will yeah just read it and find out for yourself and, and let then us we can, know and then DM us because I love yeah. to talk about it with someone that's read it okay that is all the shortlist books okay so let's hit it we ha- we've read quite a few from the long list though we have so, and I think a few actually deserve a mention because some of them definitely deserved a place on yeah, the shortlist we in were my opinion shocked that D Transition Baby by Tori Peters wasn't on there a little bit heartbreaking actually yeah. that book is hard hitting funny modern and just so readable so a synopsis for you Reese, a trans woman has always wanted to be a mother and she thought that would be with her girlfriend Amy that is until Amy detransitioned back to her male body and became Ames and after their breakup Ames impregnates Katerina a cis woman and the three of them explore how they could maybe just maybe raise this child together as a queer family and if that doesn't draw you in yeah like I've never heard that plot anywhere else fantastic like I think that that book deserved a spot on the shortlist simply for highlighting an experience of the the trans experience that's to my knowledge hasn't really been entered into the mainstream enough and it just provides such a good insight into what life is like for a trans woman and the challenges and stigmas that they are confronted with daily Um, and it's actually those stigmas which forces Amy to feel like she has to detransition to Ames back to her male body um, so yeah, there's a, all of that, and then it's about the trying to figure out the new family life dynamic. Yeah, yeah, there is it's packed, um, and there's a lot of terminology used in the book that was new to us and was never actually explained. Yeah, it's not a dictionary by Tory Peters. It was our responsibility to go away and Google those mm-hmm. um, phrases to broaden our own expanding uh, education. Yeah. And yeah, I found that was just so powerful. Definitely. And I usually need short chapters to get through a book quite quickly because it's like, oh, I can't put it down next chapter. But actually this one has long chapters that <laughs> flip between past and present. Mm. And I was I was like, well, I need to get to the end of this bit. And then I'd be like, well, same. now I need to know what's happening in the present. Yeah, same, <laughs> same. So, yeah, I, I really wish that was on the shortlist. I can't believe it wasn't on the shortlist yeah. because it was just so modern and profound and yet so readable, so enjoyable. Yeah. Um, Another one oh. that I was surprised to not see on the shortlist but wasn't surprised to see on the long list was Luster by Raven Leilani because even Obama liked that book. Yeah. Yeah. And that book was everywhere when it came out, Oof. wasn't it? Yeah, it I mean, wasn't that's not always a sign of a good book, but... It's a sign that it's popular with yeah. people. So ED is a young black woman who finds herself in the middle of an open marriage of an older middle-class white couple and somewhat looking out for their adopted black daughter. 
And it's just like from that premise, I was like, whoa, okay, let's see what's going on. Let's and dig the, in. Here. The best thing about it is the writing. Um, and I, and strangely, the plot was my least favorite thing about the book because it kind of takes a turn where it's like, what, what? But the <laughs> writing, I was like, okay, we're still in it. We're still really freaking loving this because it's so cool. Um, Edie, she reminded me slightly of Pizza Girl, if anyone's read, you read that, that one. Yeah. yeah, and kind of sometimes of Queenie, just because of her like lack of drive and her willingness to just go through life questioning everything, but not actually making decisions for improvement until right. it's nearly too late. So she's not like totally total copies of those characters, but I just kind of felt myself thinking about those books at the mm. time. Um, I really lo- liked how she looked out for their adopted black daughter because obviously she's been adopted by these middle-aged white people that just like don't know how to, for example, teach her how to do her hair. Yeah. And then like Edie's kind of weirdly living with this couple because she's kind of sleeping with the dad. But actually what? it's, she's, her presence was like so necessary for their adopted daughter that like I, I was like, oh, I'm so glad she's wow. here. Like it's really clever and like again really modern. Like yeah. I've read this kind of plot anywhere else. Um, but like I said, the writing was the best. And I, and I, um, there's quite a few quotes I like, and I've pulled out. I think I've narrowed it down to two, if that's okay. Hit me. So one was, I could find a local man to tide me over, but it feels like too much work. I've already done the work with Eric. He knows when I got my period, and he knows he's, and I know he's decent to wait stuff. Yeah, that's a, this is a good indication that somebody is a nice person. Yeah, nice to so wait. She's like, I've already done that. Why would I want to move on? Um, and another one, which is a bit more monumental, was, imagine living life so carefully that there are no signs you've lived at all. Mic drop. Mic drop. Let's just take a breath. Ooh. And let's leave that book there. Okay. So I really like Lust Art. I think it's quite Marmite and some people expected more from it, but I thought it was really clever and really readable. Okay. I might listen to that on audio. Oh, yeah. Good one. Fab. So another book that made it to the long list, but not the short list, was Exciting Times by Nisha Dolan. And it follows the protagonist Ava who moves to Hong Kong from Ireland with no real plan or ambition for settling um, she like sort of settles for a very poorly paid teaching job and she makes just two friends while she's there Julian who's a very rich banker who pays for all of her expenses and Edith who is a Hong Kong born lawyer and perfectionist and what ensues is a very tricky and unexpected love triangle between the three of them exploring the roles of money, power, love, gender and exciting times. <laughs> um, so I thought this book was just so well written and oozes intelligence to the point that you'll often find yourself rereading sentences just to make sense of them. Or is that just me? And at times can feel very, can feel a little heavy to digest. Um, after recently reading an article on The Inquiry by Maggie Nelson explaining a new concept that she's coined called heteropessimism it's Dolan's debut novel in which a poignant representation is displayed of this phrase so Arva finds herself in, in two relationships torn between Julian and Edith and Julian insists the only relationship he can ever care about is with his job and the furthest you know sort of utterance of emotional affection he ever displays is by telling Ava I like you a great deal 
Um, so we kind of get a broad picture of what Julian is like. Whilst Edith is, in contrast, very affectionate, she's very kind, she's very loving, although seemingly perfect, Arva's relationship with Edith is a personification, I think, of just vulnerability. And it seems Arva holds embarrassment or at least hopelessness for her straight experience with Julian. Like, she almost feels guilty for only being a straight woman and not exploring anything beyond that. So, but she can't also allow herself to open up to Julian for the fear of pursuing love with him or with Edith. So it's just very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. But sounds like we've said a few times super modern super modern <laughs> is this one that people say is like Sally Rooney oh is, totally is she's an Irish she's, author yeah, okay. um, with a very bleak writing style very truthful writing style so I can sort of see why people have assumed that they are quite similar um, she's also very young and this is her debut novel um, it's what a very debut to be on the women's prize that's amazing yeah and it's rich with political perspectives as well, um, which comes through very strongly in the book. Um, and yeah, just like the relationship between power balances. Um, oh, it, it was brilliant. I, I would, I'm surprised I haven't seen this book more. No, and it's got a cool cover. It's that one with a toothbrush on everybody. Yeah, it if is, you wanna isn't know, it? If you want to visualise what we're talking about. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I, I, yeah, nice to have read that one. Mm. Um so maybe we'll do a swapsies um the next one is what when you were talking earlier about a book and you were like oh i feel like that you know not much happens but blah 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 it's kind of how i felt about this next one which is small pleasures by claire chambers i mean the premise is gonna sound mega exciting so you won't <laughs> believe what i've just said but um jean uh, starts to she's a journalist she starts to investigate a virgin's immaculate conception for the paper and it takes her away from her mundane life caring for her mother and straight into the lives of the family she is supposed to be keeping a professional relationship with. So Ooh. there is a woman who believes that while she was in a hospital, she she was like, you know, the Virgin Mary. She just immaculately conceived her child. And the child is living and breathing and looks the spitting image of the mother. So it's like... I mean, they do look like the exact same person. So is it true? And Jean's kind of investigating it. And she is married to, um, I don't know, actually, I don't remember if they're married. But anyway, she's with a man who very much takes on this child as his own, know, knowing the backstory. Is he not ever he just disbelieving? Kind of, no, he just kind of goes along with it. He's like this really lovely, chilled guy. And Sounds so, like a pushover. <laughs> well, Jean gets a little bit taken with him. And... It's like, I, I remember reading it being like, God, this was so pleasant to read. And the book is called Small Pleasures. <laughs> like, I just had such a pleasure reading it. I wasn't expecting it to be as readable as it was. And like, it's it's quite mundane. Like, she cares for her mother and they just have, like, her their relationship just made me really angry. Like, her mother was winding me up. And then she gets, so it's kind of easy to see how she kind of got caught up in these other oh. people's lives. But, um... I really enjoyed reading it and ha, another one where I would really urge you to read the acknowledgements because again it just she was immaculately conceived well it was based on true events and I didn't know the was whole time it? I was reading it and then I read the acknowledgements I mean now I've kind of spoiled the acknowledgements for you but read them but still read them um, and read this book I, I, I wasn't expecting to 
love it the way I did. It was an absolute pleasure to read Small Pleasures. <laughs> a small pleasure. Um, okay. So, a book I think we were both pretty surprised to see made the long list. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Let's say it after three. One, oh, okay. two, three. Because, because of, of you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, because of you by Dawn French. Yeah. I like... And it's, it's not because it wasn't good. Like, it's a top record from us. Yeah. But I just... I don't know. I feel like maybe because she's like a... She's a celebrity Celeb. first and a writer of books second. Like, I didn't think that she'd be picked. Same. But we did love this book. We did love the book. And I think the ending was what made us love the book, right? It was a four star. And then I read the ending and it was a five star. hundred yeah. percent. Can I'm you so hit us with this not, Lauren? Yeah, all right. So it's... Uh, set on the first day of the new millennium and two women who have very different lives are both um, giving birth and one of them leaves with the baby girl whilst the other really sadly leaves with empty arms and um, 17 years later the truth of that day starts to unravel Um, so from the premise whilst it seems like that has that sort of storyline's been done before we guarantee you it has never been written in this way no absolutely not. and we can't really say much more without spoiling it yeah it's i remember i finished the book before work one morning and i was and it was that ending that topped up to a five star and i was like what I have, to, I have to log on and be a normal functioning person now. Like, yeah. I was just like, oh my God, like, just took my breath away. Because I remember we'd both started reading it and we were actually sat in Gales Bakery. Oh, yeah. And we were both like, oh my God, just started it. Really good, but seen this, done this. Yeah. Been there, got the t shirt kind of this. thing. And then we must have both then finished it and been like, oh wait, we were so wrong. Yeah. And so you have to stay with it. Yeah, um, and the characters are, like, so lovely. Like, all of the characters are really amazing and the relationships are explored. Like, it's kind of easy to see where... Apart from one character, but he's meant oh, to be horrid. He's, he's meant to be horrid. Um, P.S., I love that word, horrid. Yeah. Isn't it such a great word? It's, it's so um, old British. <laughs> makes, me, makes me feel like Anne of Green Gables when I say horrid. <laughs> and I fucking love man. Anne of Green Gables. Horrid. Um, anyway... Um, really lovely characters, as I say. <laughs> Apart from one. But they make it easy to see, like, where the line between right and wrong can get really blurred. Yeah, really book. blurred. Yeah. And, yeah, oh, we won't say any more. I don't want to no. give any away. Okay. Well, we... So we, when they announced the long list, we were like, oh, shit, loads of books we've read. Oh, shit, loads of them. <laughs> and then we have gone on to specifically read the ones on the short list because we were like, all right, let, let's see. Let's see what the fuss is about. Um... Okay. So, predictions. Predictions. Jess, who do you think will be taking home the prize for okay. first place? I would absolutely love it to be Transcendent Kingdom. I would be so pleased. However, purely for how much hype there was when it came out and I know still is saying. today, I think it's going to be Vanishing, Vanishing Half. Half. Knew it. That's. I'm. I'm totally in agreement with you. Mm. I think Vanishing Half will win it simply, and I could be wrong, but simply because I think it's the book that's divided less 
people. Mm. I think more people have read it and loved it than other books which have sort the, the other books that made the shortlist and sort of torn people whether you love it or you hate it kind of thing. Yeah. I think it is yeah. It's not a safe book by any means. Oh no, no, and it would be so deserving of the prize. Of course, like yeah. I'd be pretty happy if it won as well, but I would just Transcendent Kingdom is like just so up there for books read of all time. Brilliant. Yeah. All right, let's see, guys. So it's um, 8th of September. Countdown is on. <laughs> she's literally just touched her phone as though she's got a countdown going. <laughs> We're giving you a chance to win a July Books That Matter box, which has a dystopian Herland theme. It's full of gorgeous goodies and a copy of The Mercies by Kieran Millwood Hargrave. There are two ways to enter, so if, like me, you get your podcasts on Apple, then subscribe, leave a rating and review, and make sure you use your Instagram handle as your nickname on the review. But if, like me, you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, then follow the podcast and share a screenshot on your Instagram stories and tag at BookReco so you can count your entry that way. Entries for the July box are open until Monday the 26th of July, and the winner will be announced on our Instagram on Wednesday the 28th of July. Remember, if you're listening to this at a later date, then you won't be entered into this month. But good news, it's a monthly competition, so you can re-enter to win the current month's box. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. <laughs>